0: and and those two are are constantly like, you know, coming into the same type of sentence. But the truth is, is what actually makes the difference. The truth. The truth. What takes down doubt is truth. So uh, to those that are joining us by way of media or Periscope, we weren't running late. faced a few technical difficulties and high props to the team because they just moved right on in. So we've already begun. I, I welcome you to Kingdom 101, the School of Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. I am Pastor Lonzie Lee of Astounding Love, a church fellowship, and we are in San Jose, California at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard. We are talking tonight about identity. I'm reading some excerpts from my book, Kingdom 101, which most likely will come out by the end of next month, August, I guess. And we were just asked a question about identity, about really looking at doubt, looking at when you say that you're walking a certain way and doubt assails you. Is that basically what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. And does that take you out of it? does that take you out of the game or does it even take you out of belief? You take yourself out by the, t- the choices of the, think- the thought patterns and the things that you believe to make truth. You know, it's a funny, it's not so funny, but it's an interesting thing that belief in and of itself can go in any direction that we choose to, to steer it. You can believe anything that you want, but it doesn't mean that you believe the truth. Okay, I've even heard of, of, of a society of sorts that still want to perpetuate the idea that the world, that the Earth is flat. And regardless of the pictures that NASA cameras have taken and any other kind of thing, they still want to believe this. You can believe that. You can believe uh, anything that you want to believe. You can believe that pigs have the right to go to school. I mean, you believe whatever you want. But it doesn't mean that it's the truth. And that's why doubt is such an easy thing for people to absorb and such a struggle for individuals in the body of Christ, especially to combat, is because they're so used to believing lies that until you start telling somebody, listen, I'm not going to tell you a lie, I'm only going to tell you the truth. Now, if you want to believe that truth, it's going to change your life because God's truth always comes to pass. He, He fulfills his own word. But if you are saying that you believe God, but you continue to believe lies, then you entertain doubt. In fact, it lives in your house. You made room for it. And there is not a lot of uh, victory. So I'm gonna read some things about living above lies, actually. And then we're gonna talk about, um, uh, there's a couple of other things. And then Dr. Baker, I spoke to her earlier today and she was asking me some questions about what do I see? And I started answering those questions. And as I got into it, I went into a, uh, my statements of sort, which is something I do all the time. If you were on our Monday night prayer call, team call, then you heard a lot about it because I'm very passionate about this. And it will definitely come out tonight as well. So you don't even have to wonder what was it. I guarantee you I'm gonna let you know. So let's read from this. And again, oh, let me say this to the book. I spoke to my editor on Monday, and uh, or last week I should say, and was trying to get this turned back into her this past Monday, which did not happen. So we, we're working on me getting it submitted for the, uh, what we're, the next stage where we are. It's gone through a very heavy edit, and now it's going through the final read to ensure that I didn't totally mess up everything that she had done. And when I give it back to her, it's going back for formatting. So the formatting process is where she's going to line everything up for the different ways that the book is going to be published. It's going to be as an ebook, which is what you can get on Amazon.com. It is going to be in a, what we call a, um, I'm thinking of the wrong thing, so. Uh, would you call it an EPUB type of format, so that it can also, if choose, if I chose to submit it to Barnes and Noble and places of that sort, uh, it is also going to be in um, format for a paperback, so you can actually, and it's it is in I'm using the print on demand industry, so that means you can buy it any time. Um, I will also end up, because this is part of the lovely process of self-publishing, you have to buy, actually any kind of publishing, you have to buy copies of your own book. So even if I were going to a traditional publisher, there's a budget that's set aside where they give us our copies at a reduced cost, which is why you see people selling their books everywhere, and they sell them for the same price typically that you get them online because they had to pay for them. (laughs) They weren't provided for them free. And so in their uh, business, of course, they're recouping uh, the the initial investment, which they need to put back in order to be able to produce more. And then there's whatever it is, it's the profit margin and things of that sort. So there's after cost, you know, you have, you, you move into the different phases. So mine is going in, I think, three or four different formats. And while she's doing the for the for, that's what I mean when we say the book's being formatted. That's what we're talking about. Because you can format your own stuff, but it never comes out um, the same way. The print format is not the same as the ebook format. There's there's different technology that that is is being used for that. And same thing for a hardback versus a soft uh, softback type of co- uh, cover and things. So while we're going through that, we're also talking to the graphic artist and my concept and so forth and, and all these different designs and I'll answer a question that you asked me yes there'll be a day you can design a book cover for me absolutely okay. So um, anyway that's what's taking place uh, with, with the book so it does take a couple of weeks you can you can also this is something that have you ever looked online or if anybody here I know Sharon does but you buy a number of ebooks if you buy a lot, like in a certain series, and you may see the same book cover over and over, and you go, I thought that, oh, that's not that book. I thought that was that book, because the cover is the same. The really hot guy with the blonde hair, and then the really cute one with the dark hair, and there's like six or seven models that show up on a lot of different book covers, and, and things of that sort, because the, the, the industry has gotten very different, but that's where Fabio came in. Uh, if you recall Fabio, we we'll used just be on the, the, the Muscle blonde guy with a very long, long blonde hair. And he used to show up on a lot of book covers because if you had Fabio on the cover in those days, you were pretty much guaranteed your book was going to sell. It was in that genre of, of things. They weren't going to put him on science and DNA, who knew? I mean, he's not going <laughs> to come on that cover. Though so, know, they might put him on a military cover because he was actually a soldier. But, you know, those are some of the kind of things. So when you see that, type of thing. It's like, I've seen this cover before, but it wasn't this kind of book. It's actually because they sold their art. And they sold it as cover art, and it it goes into a a place, there's websites where a a fledgling writer can, or a newly published writer, can just buy a generic cover. And that's why you see that same cover over and over, and I don't want to do that. Nor do I want to make my art available to somebody else to use, because I'm going to be using it a lot. So, So that's the kind of stuff. So here's an excerpt from this. And this is where I believe this ministry is with the fasting and the prayers and the things that we're doing. I've been getting them out a little, excuse me, later. So if you're not getting an email from me on time, typically you can still look on the website and the new um, verse will be there. Because it's just that I don't have them on a time release at the moment and I'm actually having to do them manually. And sometimes I'm just not home. So uh, we'll fix that in the next week. Okay, but in keeping with what we're doing in today's scriptures, Galatians 2.20, as we're reading these scriptures and we're looking at what it says, then we're also praying, God, what's my place in this? And sometimes immature people will wait for an invitation when they're part of a family because we didn't get the memo. And on on our team call, um, one of the questions that I was asking was, uh, Do you know that you're seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus? And everybody said, Yes, of course we do. And so then I asked the question, Do you believe it? And the typical quick response for most people is going to be, absolutely I do. But if you answer that way, then I'm going to ask you another question, which is why isn't showing it up in your life? So we're going to take our time with this, because you find that you may say something that you know to believe, but your life is not reflecting it. And I challenge that, I challenge it with myself, I challenge it with my team, I challenge it with my um, family, my daughter, I challenge it because too many people live a pretend life. And that's doomed for failure. And much disappointment, and to go back to the question again, doubt begins to come. Because you don't replace doubt, people go, well I replace doubt with belief. Yeah, no. You replace doubt with truth. Truth. Okay? God's truth. That's what I'm to believe. But if you say with belief, you for all well, you know, you're trading in one old belief for another. <laughs> okay? So no, that's not necessarily the way that it, it's going to be. So well, this chapter is called Time to Draw the Line. It says don't fall for the hype. Just because the devil says God is unable to rescue mankind doesn't make God weak. And just because society believes God doesn't know what he's doing doesn't make him a fool. See 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 25, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, and 1 Corinthians 3, 19. Hint, no one is worthy of forgiveness because no one deserves to be forgiven. We've all sinned and lack the ability to enter God's glory by merit of our flesh. See Romans 3, 10 through 12. That's why God gives us grace and why he sent Jesus to answer for our sins, because we need a savior. From Isaiah 5 verse 20 in the International um, Version, it says, how terrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute what is bitter for what is sweet and what is sweet for what is bitter. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. God made a way to ensure that he could forgive all of us. Otherwise, we would all be trapped forevermore in the snares of sin and the clutches of the devil. If we ever find ourselves entrenched in the belief that certain members of humanity are so vile and evil that they deserve to burn in hell, We may find ourselves being drawn closer to the heat right along with them. True, you and I may not have raped, killed, trafficked, or done any of the other unspeakable atrocities some have done over time. And maybe we have been on the receiving end of evil from time to time. But in the kingdom, we have the power to change the atmosphere of our souls. A bitter heart closes off from the grace of God as surely as it does the perpetrator. However, the willingness to forgive those that have sinned or trespassed against us delivers us from evil. Do you have any idea how self-righteous an offended person sounds? And I think everybody in here will go, yeah. You know, I've either heard one or I've been one. (laughs) Either way, I know how it sounds. Though I don't think we necessarily, and this is me talking, I don't think we necessarily listen and see the damage that one of our outbursts does in the spirit realm. I don't think we have understood just how our bad mood affects other people. I don't think that we really know how many people we were assigned to speak to we missed because of self-absorption. And when I speak, say speak to, it's not always. I just want to tell you about Jesus and and this and that because you see, it's more demonstrating Him than anything. I haven't talked about the gym in a while, and I'm not going to uh, say too much about it. I think I posted what I posted today was I I don't even have the words. It was just that kind of day. Bria was with me. You got any words? Uh-uh. Uh Nobody did. It, it was it, it was. I uh, yeah. They used some of those people say, "I think you're trying to kill us," and I I don't know that he's trying to kill us, but I tell you what, even a dead man would have had problems with (laughs) his workout. It was it was it was pretty intense, and none of us did everything. I think some of us pretended we did, but (laughs) Bree and I did some great acting. You know, it's like, can you stay on your knees and in this position for like ten minutes? Like, I'm gonna get up. I swear, I'm gonna start again. But it was a lot of fun uh, at the same time. But uh, when we're in there, the, a lot of the music that's played is music I, I would never let in my house. I wouldn't let it in my car. Uh, I really have to sometimes just let it know you come off my radio station because it's not the type of music. And as they've told me who the artists are or who the singers are, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then that person gets added to my i think if i got to listen to this, I'm going to pray. And sometimes I just tell them, change that song, you know, because you can do that, but you can't change that one. change that one. Ch- it's not my gym, okay? However, one thing that I do, my daughter told me uh, to take that love language test that they put out. So my, can you guess what my love language is? What? What was it? Okay. That means no? Just say no. <laughs> I don't recall what it is either, but I'm touchy-feely. I'm a touchy person. Okay, so she said my love language is uh, it's affection or it's touchy. I touch people all the time, you know, in appropriate places. But one of the things that I do is I know that I release a healing every time I do it. And so there's a lot of that with the gestures and just the pat on the back or you'll do the fist bump with somebody. And I think you've been there long enough. You see, I I pretty much touch people all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They like it. They lean into it a little bit. It's really interesting. I've even had the opportunity a few times to pray for somebody who was in pain. It's like, can I pray for you? Yeah, I pray, then I go back to sweat, you know. So it's, it's, that's the Jesus. That's what we're talking about. That's who they need to see. But when I'm in a self-absorbed place, and poor me, which I'm not, but all of those different things, then I don't know how many opportunities I have missed over time when I became the most important person in the world instead of Holy Spirit being the most important person in the earth. And when I became a kingdom citizen, I gave up the right for self-absorption. This is something that we say constantly. But when you purvey or look at your, I don't say look at everybody else. That's part of my job, but it's to look but not to judge, understand? Because I look to see where can I help. What, what Lord, do you want me to see? If I look at anybody with my natural eyes only, I'm almost always, I am I can pretty much guarantee about 99.9 tenths of a percent or whatever it is, all those nines, wrong about what I see. I think that I've got this great, these great observation skills, but it's like, no, because if I look at them based upon my natural eye, my emotions get involved in, in the seeing. You see somebody really happy, and your emotions get happy. And so you think, oh, they're a happy person, and then you find out that they went and committed suicide. Because I responded to something other than the spirit. The spirit, in the meantime, is trying to say, something to me but I'm too busy emotionally caught with this one whether the morose one over there who I'm thinking, wow, what you know, whatever it is I'm thinking, so I don't want to do this. So I can't look at people that way. But when you observe your own life and you observe your effect on people, think about where you've been, let me say just in the last seventy-two hours. How many people in your own sphere of influence have actually walked away from you feeling that they not only had a a great encounter and that they were a better person but they think more highly of your God without you having to mention him how many places do we go where they're glad we left versus they're glad we're here that's how we start seeing what effect we're having not even just what effect we're having in the earth but what effect the spirit realm is having in and which side it is that is really affecting. That's the kind of stuff that you look at when you start thinking it's time to draw a line. If you and I are not willing to have handled the truth, not look at ourselves, as Dr. Baker has been ministering on Sundays, um, about the difference between, I could say a dud and a stud, but uh, that's not what she would say. <laughs> And it's not a deadbeat either. But okay. <laughs> but when she's talking, let's say about playmakers and game changers. And then we're talking about the other two that just barely really make it, right? Because they don't really have a stake in the thing. And in corporate America, they're calling stakeholders. Um, but regardless of that, when you think about it, it's like, well, how deadbeat am I, actually? How many places do I go where I just, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not even good as a sponge because I don't even soak anything up. I don't soak anything up and I don't take anything on. Or how many places do I go where um, I'm just here for the check or I just came for the food? We've been to family reunions where they brought plates and cups and some folks show up with take-home containers. They brought nothing to eat but they want to make sure they take away as much as they can. Never know anybody like that? They don't even bring ice. I mean, it's like, wow, okay. See, so um, it's like, if you, if you guys don't have money, let us know. But don't just come assuming this, that, or the other. And um, you, you look at these things, it's like, how many places where am I called to change the climate? But I don't. Or I do change the climate, but it's not towards God, it's the other way. Do you understand? Why do I need to know this? Because if I'm not willing to hear the truth, I can't change my thinking. going to stay in that rut. These are the types of things that, uh, you know, this this is the kind of stuff that we're looking at. So I asked again, do you have any idea how self-righteous an offended person sounds? I'm speaking about someone blinded by emotions. If he or she doesn't like you, you can do nothing right. If they disapprove of your actions, then you're vilified in their eyes and by their tongue. You become a racist bigot, a religious fool, a stupid idiot, or a worthless puppet. At least... That's what they'll call you, along with other adjectives and nouns I refuse to print. You can be accused of feeling, believing, thinking, doing, or saying things that are alien to your character, but the accusations stick like skunk spray. The emotionally blind person cannot see the hypocrite in their mirror. Deciding that someone who speaks God's truth or takes a stand for righteousness is a bigot, hater, or judgmental is a bigoted, hateful, and judgmental action. Spewing venom, yeah, just wait for it. Spewing venom is something a poisonous snake does naturally. So, does the venom spewed by those decrying the stand for righteousness stem from hatred? Sure it does. Why? Murder and bitterness are of the same strain of evil. The killer acted physically, but you and I can do the same kind of damage with our mouths. And to be very honest, it's the things that you say that lead to the things that you think, that lead to the things that you do, as well as the things that you think that lead to the things that you say and the things that you do. Because you're saying it somewhere before before you think it. It's picked up. You understand what I'm saying? It's different words that are floating out there. And you hear those words and you repeat those words and then you start thinking about those words that you never thought of before. Nobody ever intentionally, I mean, even when you intentionally do harm to yourself, it was a meditated thought based upon a throwaway line that somebody else said. I heard of a, a, a woman that killed her husband and she used um, something that they no longer, you can now tra- track it at that time you couldn't, called succinylcholine. And it's something that's used in hospitals all the time as part of the process, isn't it? To put you out, to, you know, to, to put the person to sleep, but if you put too much of it in the system, it chokes them or they can't breathe and they die, suffocates them basically. And the story, the way it goes is that she was talking to a coworker and they were joking back and forth, and he's he asked her something about uh, you know how things are going. She says it's going pretty bad. How much? I mean, can I pay you to kill my husband? I'd, I'd be better if I you know if you kill my husband for me. And he laughed, thinking she was kidding, and he said, "Why not just use sucks? Then he'll just go to sleep." She did. A throwaway line that in. If you were speaking to somebody that had sense, would not. But when you're speaking to someone that has a murderous uh, intent who is already so self-absorbed, it is so much about them that their solution for solving a problem is to just have the other people die? Well, that's a demon, we know this. But it's a demon empowered by humans that have fallen for another thinking process before they got to this one. You have to be habitually coming down in degrees of your thoughts until you finally think yourself into such a funky state that you either erupt or you you just lose everything. And this is unfortunately how so so many people um, have in, in past places and, and things succumbed to demonic deception that it would just be easier to sleep or to go in and blow everybody away or to do this because this will solve your problem. It doesn't. If you die, you most likely were hell bound just because of those that thinking and God didn't get to get to you and so you, you succumb that way and that's an eternal thing that you're not going to be able to turn around Or you go to prison, and at least you get an opportunity to turn it around if you're interested in the jailhouse messages or or any of that. Do you see what I'm saying? And we go, well, that's extreme. That's extreme. It is extreme. But it didn't start out that way. It started out with the same type of thoughts that we're told to cast down. It started out with the same kind of thinking that we're told don't think that way. It started out with somebody being habitually depressed or depressing. Somebody that's always got an excuse, never takes responsibility for anything. If when you know and I know that everything that I don't do or everything that I do is based on what somebody else did or didn't do, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. We've accused our parents, or we've been, as children have, have been, or as parents have been accused by our children. Well, Dad, if you had, or Mom, if you had, and we go, oh, no, I never did that to Mom. Well, God, if you had, this first thing that happened in the garden, the woman you gave me, if you hadn't given her to me, this is the implied argument, if you hadn't given her to me, I never would have gotten in this mess. Oh, no, he didn't mean that. Yes, he did. He himself might not have meant it based on the lovely relationship he had with the Father. But when sin came in, all bets were off. As soon as sin enters into the conversation... I'm gonna blame everybody and everything. It's the environment, it's the president, it's the it's the news media, it's the social stuff, it's the people, it's the way I was taught in school, it's my skin color, it's the folks around the street, it's it's You know what? It's the economy. It's the economy. If it weren't for the economy, this wouldn't... I'm going to tell you something. This is busting somebody wide open. Back in the day when we used to do home sales, my brother was just lazy sometimes about writing his sales up and turning them in. But you know what he said? The reason your order has been delayed, Nicole, is the Unabomber. (laughs) Didn't you? Because the unibom I was like, What's the unibomber? I had never heard the first time I heard of the unibomber it was because my brother said, Well, because of the unibomber, planes are being delayed and packages are being X rayed and stuff. So your package is delayed because of the unibomber. Oh well, no, it couldn't be because I haven't written up the show yet and I haven't tallied things up and put the money in the bank and wrote the check and submitted the order. No, it couldn't be that. It's the unibomber. He the reason. If the Unabomber hadn't been doing this stuff, you'd have had your stuff. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm talking about such horribly skid-crawling things. We'll let you laugh, too. But you really did do that. I, I know you remember. Well, I sure do. Because i have never heard of the Unabomber, too. Yeah. Excuses. You were young, (laughs) that's, that's, that's an excuse too, okay, (laughs) yeah, the Unabomber, okay, he was to blame for a lot of things, but that was not his fault, now we've cleared that up for you in the courts of heaven, yeah, really, murder and bitterness are of the same strain of evil, can you see what I'm talking about, so the killer acted physically, but you and I can do the same kind of damage with our mouths. In fact, our words can open doors for the killing to take place because we speak from the abundance of what is in our hearts. Evil. That's evil. The scriptures are Matthew 12, 34, Luke six forty-five. So think about it. If we are easily offended by the past mistakes and sins of others, where does this ability come from? How about the most offended, self-righteous, evil being ever to plague the earth? That would be Satan the spirit of the fear that is in the world. Offense and intimidation are Satan's domain, used as a way to blind us from seeing the way to freedom and victory. The scripture reference there is 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Live above the lie. The Bible tells us that the minds of those that are perishing are blinded at the will of the God of this world. Everyone that plays the devil game the devil's games becomes both his pawn and his target for ruin. Make sure that you aren't falling for the same con. Do you believe that forgiveness would be withheld or should be withheld from people for their past sins, or that there is no excuse for a mistake? And every person that has ever offended another soul deserves to be punished. I'll repeat the question. Do you believe that forgiveness should be withheld from people for their past sins? Or that there's no excuse for a mistake? And every person that has ever offended another soul deserves to be punished. You got to think about it. And the reason that we have to think about it is because sometimes we act. Watch out, because you're treading on demonic soil. This is ignorant thinking. And for those that call themselves people of God, it is a rejection of the knowledge that he offers us. That's Hosea 4.6. So where does one draw the line and declare that enough is enough? And what I wrote in the book is right here, right now. And what you'll see when you get it, I know it's not really great for this, but there's a the line. So everything above it, it was like, we draw the line, enough is enough. Enough is enough. You'll see it when you get the book, it's all right. I drew a line. And I'm gonna tell you something, ever since I've drawn that line, I've I've literally lived a different way. There are things that are not in this particular book, will come up in other things, but that is speaking again, it's time to reject. The trash that Satan offers as edibles. It is really time, not just outwardly. Yes, we have had it with abortions and trafficking and this and this and this. But I am talking about the passion of God to get rid of this trash in ourselves. Because we call, we believe we're kingdom citizens and we sure have that but here it is God is not easily offended so kingdom citizen refuse to be offended it's not well it's not that easy you better slap yourself because you just spoke a lie wake up oops forgive me wake up wake up what do you mean it's not that easy and I go back to my question are you seated in the heavenlies in Christ oh yes well then why is it easy to be offended seriously this is how I think because I refuse to ever again allow myself to stay entrapped get entrapped or stay entrapped in a demonic belief system that will cause me to think wrongly about any of you and everyone else that I come across does this mean that I'm unaware of how ditzy crazy some people are absolutely not but it isn't my place to judge it. My place is to look and say, how do we diffuse this? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? I've been around people that have been from the place called crazy. They seem to live in that place. And and so when you're speaking to them, one moment it's them, the next moment it's the demon, and then it's the next moment. And I'm not making fun. I realize that there are some people that have mental disorders. And some of it is medically induced. But a lot of it is, I think it's all demonically inspired. Why? Because if it stems from they say well no some of them they're just sick well sickness didn't come into the world until sin came into the world. So do I look for a devil everywhere? I don't have to, they show up Instead it's supposed to be that wherever I show up or you show up the demons are looking for us and they're going we need to, we need to go No disruptions here because one of, one of the real ones came on the scene And what does that mean? (laughs) It means that we're cooked and things are about to change. They know this. Because when we show up, so do the angels. Okay. It says, God does not hold your past against you. Kingdom citizen, do not accuse or condemn those that the king has chosen to forgive. God is not unforgiving. Unforgiveness does not originate from his kingdom. Kingdom citizens choose to forgive, or I just say it this way, forgive according to the Constitution. How? By faith. As an obedient act of submitting our own thoughts, if you will. See? Let me do that. As, a, as, a obedient, as an obedient act of submitting our own thoughts, emotions, memories, feelings, and actions to his will. Why? Because that's what messes up your thinking. I can't watch this kind of thing because it triggers the memories of me and I become traumatized. If you become traumatized, I've gone through this. I had been in a relationship with someone and I was treated very, very badly um, to the place that I was trashed. I was thrown away like a piece of trash. And boy, I, I can't recall the scripture at this very moment, but when I read that, I was tossed on a dunghill. I was like, that's me. And I saw myself that way for about six months to a year, maybe two years. I was so traumatized by this. And people go, wait, it was just a breakup. It wasn't a breakup. It was a betrayal. A breakup. Been there. Cause more than one. <laughs> if it's simply a breakup, you know, okay. But when you've made covenant with someone and you betrayed, and you find out that the covenant that you made, similar to like Joshua and them, when the Gibeonites made a covenant with them under false pretense, under a false face, oh, we're just these little sad people that just need. You know, and then they find out you actually the dudes we came to kill, but we can't kill you because we're in covenant with you now. And that's the kind of covenant I made with somebody who was like, "Oh, I'm," you know, this, that, the other. Uh, there will be no names mentioned, but yeah, he's one of the stars of the book called "Say Goodbye to the Devil Man," <laughs> will be coming out my day, probably this year. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I exploited on not just that Taylor Swift person <laughs> that he writes songs about her breakups. I'm just not naming names or I'm giving out dates and since I haven't dated every man on the planet or even close to it then you can be rest assured you can enjoy reading the book knowing I'm not talking about you personally (laughs) but if it sounds like you then I am talking about you that's the whole thing are you talking about me if the shoe is fitting you, yes if you mean, did I look at you and say I'm going to talk about you no, I'm not talking about you that way unless I say, I'm going to talk about you or like I just did, bomber. <laughs> Which was an awful thing, too, when you think about it, because that man had brought about a lot of destruction. Yeah, don't be bringing a destroyer into your reasons for not doing anything. <laughs> that's a fun one. And he doesn't even remember it. See, that's another thing. Let me talk about you for a minute. The bad thing about lying is you forget you did. And then somebody comes up and you, hey Marcy, how you doing? Marcy, Marcy, girl, how you been? I see you. Marcy. Who <laughs> is Marcy? You remember Marcy, I met you. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh yeah, that's right. That was my name. <laughs> In that particular moment. What am I saying? You tell a lie, somebody somewhere gonna remember it. And it will come back and get in your face, hey, how are you doing? How you been? What's going on? You know? So it's best not to. Okay. So what am I saying? Kingdom citizen forgive according to the Constitution by faith. As an obedient act of submitting our own thoughts, emotions, memories, feelings and actions to his will. My thoughts that pertain to the thing that traumatizes me my emotions that are still connected, so I relive the event. Why are you reliving the event when the blood of Jesus is available to annihilate it? My memories of it, same thing. The feelings, you know, this ownership of these things. Why does it still have a hook in me? And it's because you're not living from the place that you said that you are, seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're living in earth and you're feeling the same things that they feel in the earth, and you're acting the same way that they do in the earth, and you're getting the same kind of results that they get in the earth, and every once in a while you're able to catch uh, something and and maybe get a little bit of gold dust or something to, to, to shine it up a little bit, but overall we must as the citizens of the kingdom we live this deliverance that we have been given this so great salvation, and it is faith, and it is believing, but you see, faith is, the Bible says it's the substance of things hoped for now this week. We're focusing on words of faith, but believing, Walking in the belief of what this thing is 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 a grabbing hold of something taking ownership of it and establishing it as a part of the life that you now live and I challenge us again because overall that's not what we have demonstrated and that's what this call this church astounding love a fellowship of love, of fellowship, of things. You know, it's like, well, I don't feel very much love there. Then be love. You see, because it's here. But but, it's like everything else. You have to lay hold of it. We've been, been very childish. And let's talk about that in a few. Uh, let me keep going here. It says, we will walk in the light as he is in the light. In the name of Jesus, we will not cross over to the dark side. A lot of scriptures there. And then what do I say to the devil? Game over. See? So, here's this next part. Possessing your identity. So Sharon, I think, gets to the question. The scripture is Luke 21, verse 19. So why don't you go ahead and turn over there. Let me see here. Sometimes I do these screens right. Sometimes I... Press it and go. Oh, that's right. I was going to split the screen. Okay, here we go. Alright, so what do we say? Luke chapter 21. And we're going to look at um, The Message Bible has an interesting one. I'm going to Jesus said, Luke 20, um, 21, let's see, you'll be hated by all because of my life in you. But don't worry, my grace will never desert you or depart from your life. And by standing firm with patient endurance, you will find your soul's deliverance. I'll read that again. By standing firm with patient endurance, you will find your soul's deliverance. This is Luke 21, 19. And that was out of the Passion Translation. The Tree of Life version says, by your endurance you will gain your souls. What are we saying? We're meant to accomplish great things in this earth. Every single person under the sound of my voice, if they never even hear my voice, but my voice is ringing through in this realm of the spirit to say that every single individual on the face of this earth, past, present, and future, is meant to accomplish great things. That is the will of God. Now, God is also the definer of what he calls great. Anything that he does is great. He is the greater one. So any of his acts are going to be a reflection of who he is. Well, the same is supposed to be for us. Some have been born with defects or missing parts, while others have experienced horrific acts of evil or lived dirty, stained, degrading, poverty-stricken lives, But God has provided each and every one of us with an identity and a blueprint for success. I think that many of us have approached life without the blueprint and we just throw anything up. But when the print is there, when you start seeing the direction that we're to walk in, because much of what we experience is sadness, or depression, or I just don't feel like I'm gonna make it, or I feel so useless, or I feel so dumb. And, you know, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like the morning star. Shoot, okay, that was a song we sang as kids. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like the morning star. So, who is it? Shoe shine, don't bother me. Shoe shine, don't bother me. she shine, don't bother me, cause I belong to somebody. <laughs> Yes, I learned many songs in childhood and some of them just never go away. Or I just recall them. So what do we say? Identity and blueprint. I do belong to somebody. I belong to God. And he has given me an identity and a blueprint for success that is guaranteed with his endorsement and his power and his words and all of that. And we get upset with God when God's plans for us don't come to fruition when we're living our own. Like you should just go ahead and fix everything for me that you're supposed to fix and when I get ready, I'll come over to it and I can step into it as soon as all the hardships and things have been moved out of the way. But it doesn't work that way. Since whether we know it or not, he's provided a way of escape out of every negative circumstance. It's vital that kingdom citizens know and preach the truth regardless of where you begin. God has the power and ability to change your life to reflect his goodness. Because of the testimony and sacrifice of Jesus, it is possible for anyone on the face of this earth to annihilate and walk free from a victim's mentality. Now those are bold words. And I mean every single one of them. It is possible for anybody. I don't care what they're doing. They can conquer this thing. Because even when there's an enjoyment that's demonic enjoyment that many humans have bought into of the sins and the evil and the things that they do on the inside there is still that soul unless they have completely crossed over most people have not they, i've heard descriptions. i looked into this person's eyes and they are soulless they they all i see is evil or all i see is emptiness all i see well you see most individuals when you hear that you'll say then there's no hope for them but i heard empty and that means that god can fill it Yes, in that particular case, fill it while you're locked up in jail. Because you're not going to be of any help and you're not going that individual is not going to try to do well while they're empty. Are you understanding me? But I don't believe that you just throw people away. And yes, I have come across some things that I don't I won't even mention at this time. And things that you think to yourself, surely this one does not deserve it. Yes, that's very true. They do not deserve it. But then when I think of that, you see, I understand neither do I. If I compare their sins to mine, then I always come off deserving. But when I compare it to the word of God, when I compare my behavior to the purity of Jesus, when I compare my behavior or my thinking to the way that God thinks, then I understand why the scripture says all have sinned and come short, fall short of the glory of God. Because man huh, was stripped of his glory until Jesus paid the price to restore it. That is the way that we think. When, we, when I look at those, there, it's like I want to be around people of faith. I'm not talking about people that say they're of faith. I am talking about people that faith exudes from them. There's a confidence in them. There's an awareness of when I say what I say, I expect it to happen, and I don't have to yell, and I don't have to raise my voice. Not for that. When I say it, that establishes it as so. And I'm not going to run around behind it questioning it to see. Now in the beginning, when you're teaching, these things to to start to listen to you. They don't necessarily hear your authority because you've imitated authority before. But the more I believe what God has said, the stronger my voice becomes in the spirit realm because I'm saying what he said. And when I start saying it that way, he's saying it. And the devil doesn't see me, and the the demons don't see me, the demons don't hear me, they hear him. And as I I, I believe it was Rick Renner that said, and when they hear him, they do what, oh no, that was actually John Jester, and then they do what he says. That's what we are privileged uh, to do. And when we speak words like, because we seek the kingdom of God, this is the kind of stuff that. I'm thoroughly convinced of this. I absolutely believe this. And I will never stop believing it. No one has to settle for a substandard life in any form. The people that confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior are called to live in the authority, knowledge, and power of his truth. And I don't care if it's from the youngest individual in here on up to, you know, whatever. Whatever the age is. Everybody's under a, the age of 120. So in God's eyes, we're all a bunch of kids. Alright? And so what is he saying? Or toddlers. Or whatever it is that, you, that, that we say. But what is he saying? We who confess Jesus is Lord and Savior. That means he is my owner. He is my Savior and he is my owner. We... Who are owned, he does not treat us as slaves. He gives us authority. And he says, live in it. He says, live in this place called authority. Live in this place called knowledge. Live in this place called power. And it's all in a place called truth. And it's fueled by a thing called faith. Our lives are meant or supposed to reflect our identity in him we don't get to pick and choose which parts of his word we're going to believe god is an all-in king he does not give us partial victory he does not deliver us a little bit we are to regard eternal life as an opportunity to discover and possess everything he provides for us in earth i'm going to come back to that in a minute God says that your past and present circumstances do not determine your future or your potential. Neither does the opinion of people that oppose you. What do you say? And that's really the question. See, God says, my past, my present circumstances do not determine my potential. What does? My faith in him. My belief in what he says. The opinion of people that oppose me does not affect my potential. It doesn't determine my potential. What other people think of me does not determine my outcome. What? But what do I say? Do I say that? Or do I believe because my skin is a certain color and it's surrounded by bunch of people who don't have that because I come from this family line because my finances are this because I'm physically this way because this is this because do I believe that any of that your skin your origin your ability to talk your education your financial do you honestly believe that's what determines your potential in the earth do you believe that you're at a disadvantage because of the way you look or what your origins are do you believe that you're at an advantage because of the same thing either way you're wrong because what he says is no if you believe what he says that's what determines your outcome and nobody can stop it what believing what god says believing that what god says is the truth Living my life based on what God says, regardless of whatever the outward circumstances are, that is the determining factor for success in the kingdom and in this earth, because they don't see a lot of that. Believing that the standards that the earth has set for success, the perfect size, the perfect appearance, the perfect skin, the perfect this, that the world has established this is what it's going to take for you to be a success. You have to have gone to this school. You have to believe this train of thinking. You have to let us change your vocabulary. You have to let us change the way that you think to think the way that we think. And then we'll deem you a success is falling for the same foolish a lie that they set up in Genesis 11 in Babylon. God said, What I say is what is the determining factor. And God is the only one with the ability to fulfill his own word, no matter who says it. But most people that call themselves Christian have failed to live that standard and still believe. That the things that they've always felt still lead them. Led by feelings, but the Bible says be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, oh, you mean like craving ice cream or a person or something like that? No. Doing what you want to do the way you want to do it every time you want to do it and expecting everybody else to pop to it. That's a lust. On a big scale. You understand? If anybody has any questions, then feel free to, to pose them. So what do you say? And I say this, stop believing that your past and present circumstances determine your future. You have the power to stop believing that. You have the power to stop believing in the lies of the past. You really have that power. But do you? Do you do it? Or do you sit there and go, oh, well, I'll just zone out on this because they're not saying what I want to hear. Because, you see, in in the body of Christ where we are now, we're not taking prisoners, so we're not entertaining you. Not even interested in that. We're interested in the greatness of his power changing lives every day, including our, our, our own. So he says, "Say I say here, say what the king says, because anything else is a lie. Anything else is a lie. If you're not saying what God said, you're a liar. Well, it was because of this. You're a liar. Well, if you had done this and so, you're a liar. You're a liar, because that's not what God says. Well, that seems to be to whatever it is. Well, then it is to you, but it's still the truth. Remember, you have the power. You have the right. You believe in anything you want to, but you better check out, are you believing the truth or are you believing a lie? If God didn't say it, well, I'd be a little bit, I think those would have been, looks a little bit suspect to me. You may have been born and raised in a negative or unfavorable environment. Here's what we say to that. So what? <laughs> the righteousness of God determines that you don't have to fulfill the curse of the law of sin and death. Earth, adverse circumstances, bigotry, hatred, and discrimination all have to bow to the power of God's word. When you say that it does, <laughs> that's when it does. It's just going to have to bow. Jesus said to exercise the faith of God and speak to the mountains of adversity. That's Mark eleven twenty two 22-26. Your skin color is not a disadvantage or a deterrent to your success. So stop living as though it is. Did you get that? You have the right, the God-given right, to succeed in this life if you want to, and any excuse that you make is grounded in deception. Wounded, this is what's called the trick of Satan's trade, and I'll stop this reading from here. But It says, wounded, ravaged individuals are driven to desperate measures to justify sin in the eyes of family, friends, and the rest of the world. That's why there's so many temper tantrums being thrown by adults. gender misidentification, selective empowerment, ethnic wars, religious skirmishes, frivolous lawsuits, rebelling against authority, political uh, unrest, subversive attacks, and blatant disrespect against the office of the President of the United States of America. All of these battles are fought by individuals driven by angry demons, yes, I said it. They want to be seen and they want to be heard above the voice of God. So they try to twist the issues to their point of view. Can you see the devil's trickery at work? Division is supposed to be the new unity. But that's not what God says. He says, a house or kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Well, what these dearly beloved people don't realize is that God already placed in eternal worth and acceptance upon every one of them. Human validation, value, and equality are established through the artistry of God's entire design and plans for our individual lives. God created our various skin colors and ethnicity and he likes us. Ephesians 2.10 says for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Hold on. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That is Ephesians, Let me read it from a different version now. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. So here in the message, he says, no, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. (laughs) And in the Passion Translation, it says, we have become his poetry. I love that. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. We are joined to Jesus, that anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Everybody. That's everybody on the planet. Whether you like them or not, a lot of us are living the wrong destiny, living out the wrong destiny, propelled by emotions, propelled by deception, propelled by a refusal to give up the hope that this wrong thing we're doing uh, will work. If you ever made a bad decision and just kept stepping, you knew it was bad. You knew it was bad. But pride and everything else gets in to back you up. Like you can't, you can't give up now. You can't quit now. You can't back up now. You don't have to stay with this. Most of the time, that's a relationship with somebody that somehow it was a bad relationship. It's a bad decision. <sighs> But, okay, we're just going to keep trying. (laughs) Why, what's your motivation? Pride, because everybody says it's doomed to fail and I just can't let everybody be right. (laughs) Which usually, in my case, my mama said. And I'm really, my experience with my mother and why much of my rebellion was the way it was, was I wanted just what's to be right in my wrong. (laughs) Because she was always right. All, Mama always right. Seriously, always right. And just once, I wanted to prove she was wrong. But the thing that she was right about was already wrong. So there was no way she's going to be proven wrong about my wrong. She spoke the truth. And I'm trying to perpetuate the lie. And if you saw the parade of... of individuals that came through. See, I almost use your word clown there. But uh, that came through, it did look like a circus. Some of that, it was ridiculous. And she was always right. But you know, pride, childishness, I hate when she's right. Just what? I want to be right. I need to live my own life, mama. <laughs> yeah. Well, live the right thing. You know, your parents. I'm gonna say this to you all, and you who are watching, and all of us. Most of the time, your parents have been just as stupid as you're being. We don't speak this stuff because we're like super smart. We say it because we were just that stupid. That's where it comes from. That's really, really true. But you know, and your youth. You can't imagine them being young. So they're just bossy and in control, too much in charge, don't trust you to make your own decisions. And it's like, look, the devil is the same devil. He just showing up to somebody named Sean now instead of Joey. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but it's the same devil. And if your name is Sean or if your name is Joey or you have cousins or boyfriends or wives or friends or whatever, name those names. I'm not talking about that. I was talking about the devil, and sometimes he likes to take on those identities. So. Um, <laughs> but there it is. You understand what I'm saying. You're unstoppable. We are unstoppable when we walk in the truth. And I don't know the name of the book Dr. Baker's reading from. She said this should tell us at, at the appointed time. I'm, I opted not to try to look. I could find it. I can find pretty much any book I'm looking for. But when somebody in leadership that I respect tells me Stay with this and then they tell me God said, then I don't even want to know. I don't try to sneak a peek. I don't try to do any of that because I'm out of order and I'm gonna miss the blessing that he that God has for obedience and the willingness to be surprised. I'll get the revelation so if I ever ever opt to buy the book or read the book, I will read it with an understanding beforehand that I wouldn't have had. Some books you read You can't let him catch you by surprise. He's like, ooh, I didn't know this was all in here. Okay, So let me wrap it up. Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy mankind's opportunity to see beyond his facade. He hates us. Whenever a person comes to recognize that they were born to have authority over the devil instead of being subject to his agenda, he loses ground. He belongs under our feet, not over our heads. And that's Romans sixteen twenty. Okay, I'll say that again. He belongs under our feet, not over our hands. Our earthly worth is established by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, the blood of Jesus has already taken care of every sin, sickness, disease, curse, impoverished state, and societal ill from within himself god imagined designed crafted and then released you me and everyone else as an individual work of humanity into the earth let me answer a question somebody's asking If the blood of Jesus has already taken care of every sin, sickness, disease, curse, impoverished state, and societal ill, why do I still have this going on with my body? Why is this still going on in my life? Why is this still going on? I'm going to posit something to you. That's the wrong question. The question is not, if if Jesus has done all this, then why is this happening to me? That's the wrong question. That's the question Satan tells you to have. Because that's the question that comes from a victim's um, perspective. <clears throat> the right question to ask is, since the blood of Jesus has already taken the sin, every sin and so forth, what am I not laying hold of that I need to take on? What am I still believing? What lies do I still believe? Oh, no, I believe everything. No, no, you don't, actually. You don't. Because, you see, when you do, when we start to believe, there's something that happens on the inside of us. Let's just say it's almost like um, your armor starts building on the inside. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. When you actually believe, you don't ask that question. Because you've already answered it. When Paul was saying, I I kept asking the Lord, get this thing off me, get this thing off me, the famous thorn in the flesh um, scripture. And he's like, oh, you know, I can't get rid of this or that or the other. People think that God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, so just walk in my grace and suffer through with the thorn. That's not what he said. He said, I've given you the power through my grace to get rid of it for yourself. I am the one that is in you. And what I have on the inside of you, who I am on the inside of you, is sufficient to get him off. You do not have to call out to me, oh God, please get the devil off of me. You get him off, and I will be glad to help you. That's why Paul said, I therefore glory when this stuff comes, because it's like, man, we're going to have a takedown. This is a Saturday night fight. It's (laughs) going to be a demonic takedown, an annihilation of darkness. That's why I say stuff like that. It's like, I sound, I don't know, maybe to some pretty violent in terms of that, but I love words like annihilate and take down and deconstruct. I mean, to me, because it's just saying, everything you think you built, gone. Under my feet, not over my head. When you really believe it, you live that way. And it's not a lot of loud clamoring and praying and and, and the things that we we postured or believed that we used to do. Most of that comes from the 80s. We did a lot of this stuff in the 80s. That was our spiritual warfare time. And then in the 90s too, we were were worried. We're coming to the war. Most of us didn't have any idea. And I'm gonna answer another question. Um, When people go through a bloodline cleansing, how come sometimes when you go through it, it's like things happen instantly, but then for other people, it seems like it, it is still having to war. And the answer to that is because you didn't do the warring before. Everything that you do before, it still speaks. When you get the right, when you get the decree, it starts manifesting. But most of us had a lot of complaining and excuses. So we still have the warning to do. And what that means in in this particular case is you still got to get your faith. You can't fight without faith. You come out of the bloodline cleanse or any other kind of deliverance just hoping, okay, now that that's done, that should be it. It isn't you are going to do what you do to build your faith. We fight the good fight of faith. We hold on to that. So let me read these notes to you, and I'm done. Does anybody have any questions, though, before I go on? Because yeah, I've talked a lot. Even from Monday night. Last part of this section. God's power is great enough to fix the malfunctions. He's capable of righting the wrongs and ills that we have experienced. Jesus is the name above every other name. The manifested healing and changes the nation so desperately need are meant to come forth in his name through the citizens of his kingdom. If you're born from above, that means... That's all I'm gonna read from the book tonight. So what are the questions? And don't tell me you don't have any. It's like being in school sometimes. It's like, oh, please don't call me. So, um, one question why is it that um, people think when they when they don't have faith but they feel like they do what is that all about you just said it what they feel oh they're looking at their faith is not a feeling mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm looking at their emotions now Faith is a place, yes. Let's just go even back to some teaching we heard just a few weeks ago. Faith is not a feeling, faith is a force, faith is a place, faith is not just a state of mind, it's a position. Faith is a weapon, faith is uh, the currency of heaven, faith is the, the law of God because it's how God built everything. And faith also has an original originator that it comes from. There's natural faith, which just comes from the belief that most of us, um, that when we sit in a chair, it's, it's strong enough and well-built enough to sustain our weight. Or we get in a car, hopefully, uh, those of us that have a newer model car, expect every time we put the key in the ignition and turn it, that the car will start. Those of us that have older cars may pray in tongues a little bit. If it's not well taken care of, and if your new car is not taken care of, you may do the same thing. But people feel like I have faith, I I thought I had faith, and I've, I've heard these statements when something didn't happen the way they thought it would. They say, I thought I had faith, but it didn't happen. Well, hold on. What is it that you thought would happen? And why did you think that? And when you start deconstructing, you're gonna find that answers are, are things like, well, you know, because it just felt right. Okay, it felt right. Um, I've, I'm just sure I heard God say this. And, oh, what else? Come on, help me. What other things? And even whatever it is that you're th- that comes from the question itself. What kind of things are you thinking that God has you to say, I failed, and this thing failed, or God did not come through. Isn't that typically what it is? And I thought I had the faith for this. It's like, well, thinking that you have faith is not the same. Faith knows. You've, did you show up every day in the faith place and keep building the belief in God's word? Or did you increase your hope? You know, I honestly believe that what God says is true and I wrote I, I remember writing this uh, Dr. Baker had said getting the revelation of God's love removes all place for self-pity okay um, I prayed for it but I don't have it yet thank you Holy Spirit that was one of the things we heard, the teacher, the man of God teach. And as I heard that, it was like, oh wow. You're living your faith in future tense. People who think they have faith usually talk about what they're going to get. Am I right? I'm going to, This is going to happen, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to I'm going to pay off this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. So my question for you is when? When are you going to? Well, what do you, when? When? What's some of the answers to that question? When are you going to? It should be now. When it shows up is what they say. When it manifests. When it manifests. Well, that's why you don't have it. Seriously, that's why you don't have it. I'm going to doesn't feed your faith. It never does. It never will. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. doesn't. I believe that we will win. That's the onset. That's the open. <clears throat> Opening volley. Okay? And I'm quoting Pastor John Jester from EMIC, uh, Eagle Mountain International Church, for that particular expression. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Lord began to teach through him, and I, I listened, and I started hearing really hearing and I, I heard faith has to be what you believe jesus when he said have god's faith then god's kind of faith believes that's what he said whosoever will say to this mountain go ahead and go there this would be i believe our last scripture for tonight. mark chapter 11 let's look at verse 22 and message bible says jesus was matter of fact embrace this god life really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you and in the Passion Translation, it said, let the faith of God be in you. King James says, have, have faith in God. And some of the translators will tell you that it also is written out. Have God's faith. Have the God kind of faith. Okay? So all of these things are there. Mark 11. Have God's kind of faith. Well, the quality of faith that I need to get a God result is the faith that God himself uses. I would say you have an inferior quality of faith if you think that you had faith and something didn't happen. I would dare to say that it was laziness as opposed to diligence that we apply because we believe from somebody's verb, verb feed teaching somewhere, somewhere down the line, whether it was a minister, I hope not, or was this an individual that thought that they had it because certain things that they had manipulated finally came and they gave God the credit. Because, see, faith always works the same way. It's a seed that is planted in the place where it's going to grow, which is, yes, my heart, but it's my heart in God. You understand? What am I saying? I believe is a strong statement. It's a stand. And it's a choice. It's a decision. I choose to believe. I do believe. I believe that every word that God speaks is the truth. I believe this. I base my entire life on the fact, on the truth, that everything that God says is the truth. That God cannot lie. My life is based on that. I honestly do believe. That I am seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. In fact, I know it. Not only do I know it, but I know that I live here from there. How How did you find that out? I said it. And then I let my heart begin to take that in and absorb it like a dry sponge will absorb water. And I didn't try to add anything else to it. I believe that I am seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. What do you base that on? I base it on what I read in the books of Ephesians and Colossians, I will base it upon what God said. Go ahead. Okay, so when, um, like you said, I believe you made that statement. So, uh, and then you go, I don't know if you go then, but if there's something inside of you that you still kind of feel like, okay, I'm making this statement, but something is just not right, so then you go to that word, that particular um, scripture or whatever it is Holy Spirit leads you to where it says this is what what the word is actually saying to you. Yeah, but you also have to make a decision about the word of God itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Or it's not, or, or really, you're just going to the Bible. You know, this is just a Bible until it becomes truth. It's just a Bible. This is just a Bible until it isn't. Until I recognize that everything in here is a cell, is is a heartbeat, is is the pulsating blood, it's 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 an eyelash, it's everything that is God. This is not just his word. This is alive. This is what he says. This is his heart. This is what he means. This is what he wants. This is his will for me. Not what the people around me say. In here, my skin color is is, is not only acceptable. He delights in it, and it does not negate me or uh, uh, vilify me or reduce me to zero in here is my identity in here is where I am positioned in here are the words that I need for my health and my healing when somebody says but I don't feel healed well then you still live out there I live in here do you see it's not overnight But it starts like that. Go ahead. We're running over time, so let's, let's, you know. So every word that comes against that decision is what you fight. Yeah, but you know what you fight it with? The word. You fight it with the word, but what word? You see, that's, no, 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 no. That's where it has to get serious. What word are you going to use? She just said, well, everything that comes against me, so you see me doing this. This is a new Bible, so all these pages still stick together. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? But what do I read? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what you're saying, God did not say, so I don't live by it. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what I live by. So what did I just do? I set a standard in the spirit realm, And you're not gonna get me off of it. Well, the doctor said this. Well, according to statistics, medically speaking, you know, if, you're, if, if I believed everything people said about what I'm supposed to be through at my age and my size, et cetera, et cetera, I'd be a hot mess in a wheelchair. <laughs> Babbling like a fool. But I don't believe any of it because he does not say it. And in the moments when my body has succumbed to something because of my own foolishness or something like that, this is my escape. Oh, well, you deserve to be punished. Yes, I do. But I'm not going to be because the blood of Jesus paid the price. I'm not going to continue in the foolishness. I'm going to find what the word says. And I'm going to say what he says. And say what he says. And say what he says. And you tell me something else and I'm going to say what he says. And you tell me something else. I got to tell you what I believe. I'm not going to say what you want me to say. I'm going to say what I believe. I believe the truth about me. I don't believe what you think about me. And you know what happens? They start believing it too. You keep saying what God says about you, others will say the same thing. You keep saying what the devil says, and people will say, I know somebody that called themselves some of the wreck, oops, forgive me. Well, that's me. I typically, I'm very graceful. Um, I have heard people call themselves just the saddest. They call themselves stupid. They call themselves idiot. They call themselves failure. And people call them the exact same thing who don't even know them but have said they have said it and sent it and set a precedent for it in the realm of the spirit. See, I believe that the spirit realm is real. And I believe that my angels come to me for work assignments for the words that the father speaks for them to go forth. I also believe that when I get in the presence of God that he changes me. I never come out the same way that I went in. And I believe that I really want to talk more but we're out of time. <laughs> So you have to come back next week and we'll keep talking about it. But do you under, are you catching what I'm saying? You just use what I just use this one thing this week. One statement, not ten. You know, because see, that's the other thing people do. We go get this one and then we get this one and we get this one. And yes, they all work together. But you know what? You didn't even saturate in the first one. So here you go trying to build your belief and you 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 don't build your belief, you believe. You're not believing, you believe. While you're still believing, that's your answer, you're still feeling. And, and it's, it can be taken from you. But baby, when it's yours, it's yours. Nobody takes it. Nobody takes it. You know why? Because I keep giving it. Because it's so much who I am, that it's all I can say. In the face of well, they, this, that, this is the disaster. You know, I, I hear everything that you guys are, are trying to tell me, but I know what God said. And so in the face of what appears to be absolute failure, annihilation, um, whatever it is, and it looks like the victory has gone to the dogs or to the devil or whatever it is, I'm not going to agree the day that Jesus says Satan is stronger than him I still won't believe it because Jesus is never going to say that (laughs) and I I would have to in that case remind him Lord this is what you said do you understand so your first step is to simply question do I really believe this you see, if I really believe this word, then where am I not changed? Where am I still the way I've always been? Wherever that is, that's not a put down for any of us. That's a discovery. Because wherever I'm still the same, I still have a doubt. And I want to get rid of it. So I'm going to make some decisions about believing. This is a deconstruction you start putting it into quality. I believe a lie. Well, how do I get rid of the lie? Call it what it is. It's a lie. This is a lie. I have believed my whole life, blah, 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 blah. And I just realized, I've been deceived. This is a lie. I thought that I had to be this. I thought that I was at a disadvantage because of this. I thought that because of my education level that this is so. I thought, I thought, I thought, but God never said it. So where, where did you get that thought from? Well, they told me this in school. Okay, but God didn't say it. Well, they told it to me in church. Well, people will tell you stuff in church that God didn't say too. That's why there's, uh, you know, why there's such a push in the body now to get rid of all of this. If it's a black church, it must be painted black on the outside. There's only one church. They said, well, somebody wrote a Bible and they changed all the genders and did stuff. It's not God's work. That's their book. Well, you can't do that to the Bible. They didn't do that to the Bible. You can't change God's word. God has already told you. He's big enough to take care of that. What you don't do is promote it and pray for the deceived soul. Because, see, whoever that man or woman is, they've been wounded. Seriously, big time. You know, um, it's like, Speak, promote God's cause, not, not 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 the adversaries. What do you? What do I mean by that? I mean, say the things God wants to say, instead of what Satan wants you to say. Did you get? You got something out of this? I just take that by faith. <laughs> yes. I take it by faith. So, for those of you that are uh, have been watching us. Uh, Periscope. Thanks for hanging in there. If you're watching on the rebroadcast, I'll tell you the same way I'm telling the others, that you can feel free to go to www.astoundinglove.org, and you can click on the Donate button. And this is our time tith- that we're receiving tithes, offerings, uh, trades as they are, and whatever other kind of gifts it is that people want to give. But you are invited to give, and we get the opportunity to then speak the blessing and release that. And Dr. Baker let me know that um, I had actually, while I've been teaching on offerings, that I was something that I was kind of leaving out. and wasn't intentional, but uh, it happened. A lot of things I do sometimes, it's like I didn't intend to do it, but man, I, I was clueless about it at that moment. And that is to keep reminding all of us, because we seek the kingdom of God first, we're, we're seeing some amazing things. There's so many testimonies. Uh, because people are seeking the kingdom of God first, that they've got refunds when they weren't supposed to get them. They've gotten um, checks in the mail that that they, it was like, how did did we even get that? Um, Things that are starting to happen um, for people. And it is because we seek the kingdom of God first. And also because when we do, we have to keep that word in front of us. You got to keep saying it. Whether, and I'm gonna keep saying it, but if I forget to say it, you say it anyway. You're saying it on the inside of yourself. Because I seek the kingdom of God first, this amazing thing just happened to me. Because I seek the kingdom of God first, the windows of heaven just opened. Because I seek the kingdom of God first, the blessings are pouring out and on me. They really are. Because I seek the kingdom of God first. All right? I'm furnished in great abundance. I'm a sower. I, I give. I, I, we have even anonymous type of gifts that come. Um, I receive all of the things that we receive. You see, and I'll talk more if you ask me. Even if you don't, I, I'm sure I will remember. I said you talk in the past, or you talk in the future about your faith. You're not talking fast. What? Yeah. Um, faith says I have it now. Faith, is never, faith never says, I'm going to get it. Perspective. It's a teaching now by itself. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. But I'll give you that part. Right now, work on what you believe. Work on what you actually believe. Don't condemn yourself for what you don't. Recognize that when you find, treat every bit of unbelief like a pimple. And I've got the right little pad that when I put it on there, it's going to suck all that crap out of there, and my skin's going to clear. Treat it like something that you have a solution for, because you do. When I discover unbelief, when I discover a place of doubt in me, oh, yay, we just got another one that we get to kill, you see. Because I have truth. Truth wipes out unbelief. When I choose to believe the truth. Now, for that, you do have to go into what you believe about God's word, but it all comes in. And so we're teaching faith because that's what we teach when we teach kingdom. But this has been Kingdom 101. So again, I'm saying because you seek, because we we seek the kingdom of God first. We have testimonies every single day about people having jobs getting better jobs getting raises getting bonuses getting new business getting entrepreneurship getting the funding that they need we have every day we hear somebody talking about settlements or inheritances or interest and income that came through that they weren't expecting every day there's a testimony about rebates and returns checks in the mail Um, supernatural wealth transfers people bringing you to the front of the line in business transactions, something that the devil meant for harm and the prophetic word of God is released into your life to start letting it be known to individuals that you belong to God and that the blessing is upon you the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow because we seek the kingdom of God first, even when we speak to the seeds and the tithes and the offerings when we tell them that the power of the, the spirit of multiplication and generosity is upon you that you were allowed to expand and to be a magnet to call more monies to come so that you continually increase to meet every budget and to meet every need and to overflow, that we'll go into the places of overflow. In the name of Jesus, we receive bills paid off. We receive the demolishment and annihilation of unrighteous debts and names being cleared and credit reports and scores being increased and royalties received and property uh, acquired or sold, whatever it needs to be. That seed comes into our hands seed to give into every good work a charitable donation and in the name of Jesus we have that opportunity because we seek the kingdom of God first we have harvesting angels that come to us that come and hearken and hear listening for the voice of God being released out of us so that they can go and they can cause the money to come. So we say, ministering spirits, say it, ministering spirits, ministering. we release you, we release you. To, go, to go and get our harvest. And, our and to harvest. bring it in here. And to bring it in yeah, here. In the, in the name of Jesus. So these are the things that we get to do and we get to do it why? Because, because we seek the kingdom of God first. And each and every day. And it is so. So I thank you for joining us tonight, thank you for hanging there with us. Uh, See, we had no questions until the very end, and then it got into a really great discussion. So go to the website, www.soundinglove.org, click on the contact us button, ask us your questions so that we can have a great discussion next week. And in the meantime, I invite you to tune in and join us on Sunday morning for the Biblical Solutions for Life with our own Apostle Dr. Baker. And she is going to, uh, in Sessions 1 and Sessions 2, two different services. And we have some awesome things that will be taking place. I think that's pretty much it. We'll tell you about Tuesday on Sunday, or we told you about Sunday today. So thank you so much for joining us on Pastor Lunsing League. I'm here at Astounding Love a Church Fellowship with an amazing group of powerful, dynamic kingdom citizens. We love you and we bless you with God's astounding love. And everybody tell them good night. <laughs>